All right. So today we have Coach Mario from Redline Athletics, Delaware. And he is a coach that I truly admire his presence and energy. You will not meet a more genuine and caring coach, and it definitely shows. Uh, this His facility in the month of January had the highest utilization out of any of the red lines in the entire network. So uh, welcome, Coach. Thank you again for talking with me today. Hi, Coach Jenna. How's it going? Pretty good. Could you give good. us a little bit of a background? Yeah. Uh, just kind of your sports background, coaching, what brought you to Redline? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, first, I want to take the time to um, thank you for those, those kind, kind words. Um, really appreciate that. Um, and just kind of giving a little bit of background of myself. Um, I grew up in the Cleveland area, go Browns. Um, and <laughs> within there, I played soccer my whole life, ever since I was little. Um, I played a little bit of basketball, but soccer was always my main sport. So I was playing that throughout high school. I went on to play um, at the collegiate level. Alongside that, I actually got my exercise science degree. Um, and the main reason I kind of focused was on that um, the exercise science degree and kind of like the health and fitness field within itself is due to me having two knee surgeries, um, two lateral meniscal tears in my eighth grade year Ooh. and my freshman year. So kind of, yeah, back to back, my left knee went out first and then my right knee went out first or second. Um, and so then with that being said, I went through multiple different like physical therapies, um, as you can kind of see or tell two different knee surgeries. So almost two to three years of going through physical ter therapy back to back. So I had an interest in that, but then not only within that section of the rehab performance, I also had an interest in like the return back to play. Because there was always that kind of middle step in between that I believe that I would like to have maybe had a little bit more aggressive intake on and I didn't necessarily get it too much I was growing up until it was my senior year in high school and I was actually at the University of Akron um, doing kind of like a camp just like a soccer camp to get scouted or maybe to talk to one of the coaches um, I believe it was Caleb Porter at the time and I went to talk to the strength coach who was at the University of Akron that worked specifically with the men's soccer team and I talked to him about um, my knee surgeries, how I'm feeling a little bit of weakness in my hamstrings and my glutes. My knees hurt after games and stuff like that. And what he mentioned, he actually just gave me three exercises. He gave me a um, Bulgarian squat. He gave me a split squat. And then he gave me um, an RDL or a hinge type of variation. Um, and he just gave me those exercises. He told me some reps and sets. And I um, went on and did those, of course, alongside with other not just the step ups and kind of implementing some of my other stuff that I've had uh, help with um, with other coaches that I trained with. Um, but when I hit those kind of three main exercises, I saw a difference in my not only strength, but my my speed, my acceleration. And actually, I think that's what kind of helped me to go on to the collegiate level. So I was very grateful for that. And then that's why I kind of chose that exercise science path, because I would love to um, do what that guy did to me and help all of the um, kids, no matter what, if it's soccer or a basketball or football, to get them, if they come from an injury, get them back to sports to play. Or if they already have all those tools, then to maybe get them that college scholarship, whatever it may be. Um, and kind of now going into a little bit more in the future, coming into Redline, um, I worked prior to at a company called Force Sports, which worked with um, youth training facilities, youth athletes. And also, I was interning at Cleveland State University under a great guy named um, Timothy Bilberry, um, Coach Tim. Uh, and within that, I got the experience of the collegiate athlete and then also the 8 to 16 and 18 old athlete. And I really fell in love with coaching and helping develop that youth age athlete because not only can we, what I've known is help them with the strength, with the power, with the speed, but also we can have, we can be an outside stimulus that can help them with their growth 
through puberty into high school and then into college. So they're not only stronger, faster, quicker, um, can move better on the field, but then they're also a better person because that can then take them a long way into their future, whether if they want to be professional or if they want to um, just go ahead and be a professional in the uh, in the work field instead of the sports field. Um, so that's what really attracted me to then Redline where I saw this in Columbus. I always loved Columbus because I went to college there. So I had the opportunity to um, apply and get the uh, position fortunate enough as a director of sports performance here at Redline in Delaware. Wow, that's awesome. I didn't realize that we had such a similar background with just injury history and, and those aha moments where you meet a strength coach that gives you something as simple as a couple of exercises that just really change your performance as an athlete. And it's something that I hear when I talk to all of our DSPs is there's that uniformity of having one coach that really made a difference for us that flipped the switch for us to then become strength and conditioning coaches and really pursue that route. And it's pretty incredible when we think about the fact that we're doing that every single day in our training center and that we are those coaches and those, those positive influences on our young kids and, it's it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Thank you. That was that was great background to hear. There's a lot of pieces in that just in terms of the impact that we're able to have inside of Redline and and I'm glad to have you a part of our Redline family. Of course, of course. I'm happy to be here and I know we continue to grow and I can't wait for the future and this growth in this company with not only myself, but also my staff as well. I'm excited. Yeah, let's touch on that. So within staff development, uh, we mentioned it like impact and what we do on a daily basis inside the training center just makes such a difference. Uh, what do you do as far as staff development for your SPSs? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So I've just recently come across kind of like with, um, I know we've had like a change in kind of management and we've had um, a new team come in and that's been awesome, super helpful. Um, so what I kind of looked at is, okay, I've been in here probably roughly around a year. Now we have kind of a new team, very, very good team, very good people, very uh, great coaches. And so what I want to do with that is how can I help them make uh, their job a little bit easier. Um, so then I thought about it and I kind of broke it down to three kind of separate categories. We have like a community category, um, the facility, and then also the business side. Um, the business side is always the hardest to get them across with our, um, with any type of trainer, even myself. Um, but for like, for the community, for example, and that's kind of like what I believe should be the number one priority. And that's just within the own um the places around. So like we're surrounded by Delaware High School, surrounded by Olin Tandy. So within that community, I would love for the uh, trainers to, um, with our athletes, go out and watch their games. Um, every time we watch a game, we can have a great experience. I'm not only seeing the athlete playing their sport, we can also see what they do. So when we come back and train, we can kind of um, adapt any type of sessions because we are talking constantly with our team um, with our staff meetings and if I go watch um, one basketball player uh, go ahead and play one of their games and I come back and like yeah he played every single game he's practicing we maybe have to adjust some of his um, his training program when it comes to the strength part hit this instead of that he's a basketball player so we can kind of have our conversations there um, and what that uh, what we've actually noticed is uh, one of our trainers went to a basketball game just to support fortunately enough we had um two pl three players total two versus one so that was kind of cool little rivalry game um but we also saw um just some other athletes who were supporting their their school that also trained with us and we were able to talk to like three or four of them um and what that did is actually sparked a conversation with their friends and the friends parents about hey who was that person who is that oh that's coach mario or coach derek or coach allen from redline 
we train with them. They're having fun. And then uh, we had fun with them. We trained this. We did this through volleyball-specific training, or we did this through basketball. And those parents actually ended up calling us and setting up some evaluations, and now they're members. Um, so that's kind of like we saw, a, and wasn't a, wasn't an intentional outreach to do that, but we just want to go formally support our community, our members who are there, the parents who we know that drive their their kids to train and reach their own separate goals. So we just gave back to just going out and watching and supporting our 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 athletes um, do what they do best. And with that, we kind of helped ourselves out unintentionally, which is kind of like what I would love our um, staff to continue doing. Um, right. So that's kind of like that's something that cool. we yeah, implemented that. Hmm? Yeah. So how do, how do you usually manage that? I think that's, that's probably the biggest sticking point is how do we get out of the facility, go see these games and still manage the day-to-day -day operations inside the facility? Is it like attending only certain games during the week? Uh, just walk me through, like, how do you manage that with uh, staff coverage on the floor and then also getting yeah, out yeah. games? Absolutely. It's a great question. So what I'd normally do is I kind of break down into what teams are currently in the end season. Um, and so right now we have like basketball is heavy in season. We do have a lot of basketball athletes. Um, we also have some volleyball in the spring athletes who are getting heavy into season. And then also soccer is a little bit dying down, but they're going to come up. So mainly we have like a real, real main focus would um, I would have to say it'd be basketball. So what I do there is um, I get all the schedules from all of our athletes, whether it's they play on a travel team or a high school team or AAU team, whatever it may be. Um, I get that schedule and I kind of line it all out in this little template through an Excel document. Um, and I have my trainers on the Excel document too. And we do have specified times for each trainer um, just from them kind of letting us know about what, uh, what days it can work, what times it can work. So with that being said, I'm able to, all right, we have a game on Thursday night, Olin Tangy versus Delaware. That's awesome because then we have five kids that play on that, that game. So what I would do is myself or one of our trainers who really works with them, I'll set them to go watch it. And then once that person is set, I know they're going to be gone from 6 to 8.30. So I need that other trainer to come in from 6 to 8.30 who has that availability. Now, with that being said, fortunate enough, we do have a big trainer staff that we can kind of work that with. Where in the beginning, it was a little bit tight. We were kind of starting off a little bit more of a younger facility, so we didn't get out to as many games. But now with a bigger staff, with the trainers who are not only good people, but understand the system of the red line, uh, the red line clock, um, we can have other people step out and still have the floor being covered through team trainings, through semi-private, and through anyone who's doing some one-on-one. The key there is that you actually assign those games to coaches. So knowing mm -hmm. which games are the most important to us and then setting that up, it's not just a, an open invitation. You're actually setting that expectation for your staff to go and attend that game. That's fantastic. Yes. yes How many yeah, SDSs absolutely, absolutely. do you guys have? Currently, we have um, seven. So we have a kind of like a big, um, a pretty big uh, team here. So um, it kind of is a little bit difficult, I'm not going to lie, with the communication, just because I'm trying to make sure we're staying on top of everything. They have some other jobs. So to make it a little bit easier, um, I've been using two different methods. Uh, well, the three if you want to count email. But what I have is this little BlackBerry Messenger that I actually got from, or sorry, it's called GroupMe, um, from my old workplace that it's um, a great place that you can just put some alerts. All right, we have 
this coming up, this event that we want to go watch, or we have these games coming up, make sure you check this calendar, or social media, or sorry, the, um, the sports and camps clinics that we're running, we have those coming up, make sure you check the schedule, whatever it may be, which one we want you to run. Um, so through that method, and then also the Google Drive, which um, I know I talked to you a little bit about, I love Google Drive, um, because you're able to share it, not only able to share it, the each trainer has the availability to access it whenever they need to input their um, comments whenever need be. So then that way, I'm not forcing them to come in every single time just to talk to them, but I can communicate them through those three to four different kind of mediums there. Very cool. Yeah. And for the coaches listening, I'm sure they heard that seven SPSs and their jaws dropped a little bit, but how many <laughs> hours do you think those coaches average? Yeah. So I would say um, they average around 10 to 15. Um, okay. We do have yep. one who is a little bit on the, um, the, the 20 side um, because he was a little bit with us and that's just through kind of what we um, all talk together about just establishing his hours through a financial status because we understand that some coaches make these moves and we want to make sure that we as a company um, not only stay true to our word but we want to get the best out of each of our trainers so we want to make sure that they're happy we're happy and if everyone's happy then they'll give all they'll have that buy-in for the um the red line company of itself and really do a hundred percent every single time they step foot in the store. Yeah. And I think there's, there's a fine balance there on overhead costs and, and what yeah. the coverage is needed. And do you feel like having more SPSs at like a lower hourly, uh, just their average hours per week, does that allow you to do more as far as like one-on-ones because you have more coaches or team training because you have coaches that have a specialty in a variety of different sports? Yes, yes. That not only gives us availability to that, but it also has, um, lets me the availability or that kind of like the freedom to really step into that director role. Having that variety gives you so much dexterity and being able to do all of these additional really revenue generating programs in addition to your base semi-private program, our bread and butter, what we do all day, every day. But obviously that takes a lot of communication and, and that speaks a lot to your ability to communicate well. Uh, with that many coaches. And I think you mentioned three main sources for that, a weekly staff meeting, a Google Drive, and then an application that allows you to push direct messages to your staff. Are those the three main platforms that you use? And is there anything else that you use you feel like helps you communicate and, and really develop seven different coaches? Yeah, no. Um, so we, those are the three main points. We also actually have on top of like our kind of team meetings, we have um, just one-on-one trainer meetings. So we have those kind of like every month as well. So if there's something going on in the facility, maybe I didn't see something that you may have seen two weeks ago, but we have our meeting on the first, or it's like the first week of every single month, then you can bring that up and then that can be kind of addressed. Or if you just don't have anything to say and we just want to talk, then that's fine too, because then that gives all me time with the trainer and then I'm able to build that further rapport, really learn about, oh, well, their brother is a Marine or, their um, their father owns this Fortune 5 company, whatever it may be. But then I can kind of now really kind of communicate and bring the whole team together because I do know that one of my trainers is married. The other one is engaged and going on a bachelor party. And that just brings everything closer, uh, more unified. So with that unification, we can then go ahead and really step into that floor, which is the main part of our um, being a youth training facility, the business part. And train those athletes to have fun. If those athletes are having fun, then the parents see that. And if the parents see that the athletes are having fun, then they'll continue to um, stay with us and 
be hopefully members for life. Having those weekly one-on-one sessions, I feel like goes a long way for your coaches to just feel supported and to feel like they're getting the feedback and development that they need. And during those one-on-ones, what do you typically focus on? Is it communication? Is it exercise technique? Is it coaching cues? What do you, what do you really focus on during those one-on-ones? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So um, I do focus on communication. Um, so with the communication, I, got, I kind of break it up into two communications. It's the communication through um, the coaching aspect and then communication through, um, you can call, I guess, the personal or the fielding aspect. And what I mean by that is the coaching is the flooring. So what are, um, how are you standing when you're um, looking at the athletes in the weight room or in the speed room? How, what are your cues and the communication process when you're explaining an exercise? And then the other side with the personal is like, how do you know the athlete's name? Do you know the parent's name? Are you um, reaching out to um, whoever ran your camp and saying we had a great time with their camp? Um, I love working with um, Jimmy, Susie, and Johnny. We're hoping that they come back for the camp I'm going to run in in June or wherever it may be. So I kind of go over that um, with them themselves and I can kind of let them know, okay, um, this is what I saw on this day and you did really, really well with this, but I think maybe if you try to position yourself a little bit better on the floor, or maybe if you first and first and foremost learned each athlete's names, then you can really start off the communication because instead of saying you, 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 you can kind of say John, Joe, and Jimmy, we got to make sure that we um, spread our feet when we're going out wider than hip width when we're lining up to do a lateral movement. Um, and that way it not only gives the athlete a um, recognition that, hey, um, I got to pay attention because this person said my name, but it also gives them that buy-in because they know that you know their name and you're not just saying you or what's your name all the time kind of going on from there. So um, I always make sure that we talk about that because um, that can go a million, million miles as well. Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, it, it doesn't matter how great our exercise technique or the ability to coach certain movements is if we're not reaching the athlete on their level. So those, that's really the foundation of, of what we do, which is great. You, you kind of touched on one thing there, and I'd like to uh, hear about this a little bit further, because I know you have a pretty unique and awesome setup for your camps and clinics and just how you work with your SPSs to deliver that. Can you walk me through kind of your plan for camps and clinics yeah. and, and what that process looks like? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so with the camps and clinics, uh, just like as I mentioned, one of our ways of communication, um, I have that set on Google Drive. Um, so normally what um, we like to do is I have a giant template that lays out all the months, um, January through all the way to December. And at each month within those kind of three, four month cycles, there's those off-season sports. So I also have that listed within that template. Um, and though, with those off-season sports, those are the sports that we want to try to um, go out to and run the camps for. Um, for instance, we right now have the off-season is um, soccer. Um, we have some lacrosse. We have baseball. Now, they are going closer to the in-season right now because it is going into February. Wow. Already almost, almost February yeah, already. Yeah. Um, time flies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but so, like, we kind of hit on those off-season sports. And then on top of that, I lay out all the camps we would like to run. For example, I would like to do a, um, a volleyball um, 
speed camp. And then I'd also like to implement some type of soccer skills camp and a soccer speed camp and kind of so on and so forth. I lay that out um, for all my trainers to see. And then within each of those, I go ahead and kind of with knowing what each trainer holds knowledge of in the sport and in the training aspect, I kind of set a point to, okay, let's have um, Coach Allen run this baseball because he was a pitcher. Let's have Coach Derek run the speed camp because he did that with um, the college that he was at. He ran the whole speed program and strength program for the volleyball team. And kind of myself, um, since I'm soccer, I'm going to run the soccer skills camp. So with that, I um, have all the trainers eight to uh, 10 weeks out, or actually, sorry, 10 to 12 weeks out, view the, um, the sheet itself on Google Drive and see which um, camp I would like them to run. And then from there, they go ahead and fill out some different critique or some different kind of um, set points, what their camp is going to be about. They normally write the time, the date, the, um, a little snippet of what it will be, um, what age group, and then the price range. So when that is put on there 10 to 12 weeks out, I have the availability to see that, um, okay, Coach Allen has his pitching camp. He's going to do this, 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 and that. Awesome. And then what I will reach out to that him, because once I see it, I can reach out to um, Coach Allen, whoever the coach is, and let them know, awesome, I saw your um, camp that you want to run. Um, now let's go ahead and put a flyer together, whether it be you can come in one of the days and we can put it together, or if you have some system that you know pretty well, um, I know we like to use Canva here, that we can go ahead and use that. Then once that kind of created, eight to ten weeks out, that flyer gets um, – submitted and sent to me so I can kind of make any additional changes. If I see that, I talk to our director of business development about the flyer, if the pricing looks good, and then we um, go ahead and then approve it. And I send that uh, again back to the SPS. I like having our, our trainers kind of have their um, say in what they're doing and really push it themselves where we're here for support more than anything. So once they get that flyer sent back to them, they then submit that to corporate. Um, and on top of that, uh, they also submit the, um, the submission form. Uh, so they send that um, as well. Once that gets approved by um, corporate, then we can go ahead and now market. So with that, we are four to six weeks out, six weeks out, potentially even six to eight weeks out to market for those four to six weeks. And we can really hone in on those different marketing materials. What I like to do is I like to, put a um, flyer, just a flyer that they created itself. Coach, Coach Allen, Coach Taylor, whoever it may be, is running this baseball camp, pitching camp, this, this, that, and it gets posted on our social media uh, platforms. And then after that, leading maybe, let's say, three weeks out, I go ahead and maybe have a snippet of um, the coach and what they do, whether it's during a camp that they ran before or maybe a one-on-one -on -one during the semi-private training sessions. I do a little snippet of that, too. And then after that, um, I would like to then maybe get a little video or of them themselves performing an exercise or them just talking about, hey, what's going to go on the camp? Come and join. We're going to have fun. This is what we're going to work on. And then maybe can they, they do a throw or whatever it may be, the sport that they're working on. Um, and then after that, I kind of like to come in all together and then post another flyer as like a last minute or last week. Hey, camp is going to be this Saturday. Only have a week left, few spots left. Go in and sign in. It's going to be awesome. So it kind of works through that system. So then now, as I mentioned before, my trainers have their own um, ability to put whatever camp they would like to. Um, or they can also use the camps that I kind of would like them to run because that hones in on their um, special skills so they can then promote themselves. And if they promote themselves, 
then they get a little bit more money in the back pocket. And then what that does for all of us, it makes the whole team happy. And if the whole team's happy, they'll continue to do that. And then in the end, we're hoping to get those athletes that are doing those camps to understand the strength part and then become members in that big picture. Wow. I mean, you are one of the most organized and strategic coaches that I've ever had the pleasure of talking to. And I mean, everything you just outlined, like that is the process that is needed to really make those successful. And and you talked about it, like it's what that does then for your trainers only benefits the entire system, including them. And it really shows them and showcases their abilities. Be sure to listen to part two of this series where Coach Mario outlines his approach to social media and increasing engagement with his athletes. As a special bonus, he also shares his top three soccer skill drills for athletes of all ages. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.